just, just to start off with this, a little bit of not, I guess, White Sox talk. Mm-hmm. Um, Are we recording, by the way? Yeah, yeah, yeah I just okay. hit record just because okay, cool. I don't really have a, I, really know, I don't really know when to start things, start things. Like, I don't, it just kind of like, I guess I just take it off of how you guys would do it. You just, you would just hit record and it would just be like, all right, well, cold open it is. Yeah, just a natural opening. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, I'm, I'm usually not on this side of it. So I expect that with me. I always, I always know when he's recording and when he's not. <laughs> like I can, t- I can just kind of pick up. Um, you just know. You, you guys yeah. are so in tune. You're <laughs> almost, you're almost at like 400 episodes. I know it's crazy. It's insane. Do you ever think about that? Like how, how long you guys have been doing this? Yeah, I do, and it's really, it really is insane. Like when we started it, I don't think I realized we'd still be doing this dude and it's like it's funny because like people at work will always be like like some some of the guys will be like oh he's like what what, what podcast do you listen to i'm looking for something like new to listen to and i'll be like honestly all i really listen to is like this the 616 podcast and like redline radio and then just like Mm -hmm. random other like sports ones but like I'm always just like, they're like, what's 616? And I was like, well, it's like my buddies, they just talk about like shit going on in their lives every week. And it's like, it's pretty, I was like, it's pretty interesting to me because I know them. But like, I think like you guys have decent enough conversations and like Ian will implement like some games or, or stuff like just weird shit that just like is, is funny to me. But I, I feel yeah. like I'm always trying to sell it to everybody else. I know. <laughs> I like. Like, I stopped trying to, uh, you know, tell people about it. I used to tell people about it. Like, oh, yeah, you should listen. And now I'm just like, eh, if people find it, they find it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Dude, so I don't know if you saw, uh, but, like, on Friday, I think it was Friday. Jesus. What's today? Today's Sunday. Yeah, yeah it was it was Friday at work. Um so some of my coworkers, uh, one of them specifically, his name is Richard. He bought a bunch of those Pocky, uh, like one chip hot challenge. Okay. I don't know. Do you know what that is? Um, I've heard of like the one chip challenge. Dude, so it's like it's this like tortilla chip, and it comes mm-hmm. like wrapped in like a like a wrapper, but it's inside of a, like a box that's shaped like a coffin, and it's like. <laughs> And it's got like uh, like scorpions and like skulls all over it and shit. It's crazy, but it's supposed to be like the hottest like thing. And I think it's like it was like ghost pepper and like scorpion pepper or something like that, like on it. And uh, it's supposed to yeah, it's supposed to be like unbearably hot. And so like a bunch of them were like gonna do it because he bought like a bunch of them. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it, I'll do it. Like I, I saw the guys do it last year. They did it yeah. and. I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm going to do it. I was kind of like nervous because I was like, this is going to be so bad. And we did the the chip challenge and I filmed it. I put it up on YouTube. Uh, and it, it, dude, it honestly is the, I've done like a lot of stupid and like dumb <laughs> things in my life. This is by far at the top of the list. This is the really? dumbest thing that I've ever done. Yeah, I do. It was so hot. That like my mouth, my mouth went numb, my ears started burning, and like it felt like my ears were bleeding. 
and I kept like rubbing my ears and I was like, oh my God, like my ears like are burning. And I started panicking at one point. I was like, dude, I think I might have to go to the hospital. Like, this, <laughs> like it was so bad. And it's oh, on man. your YouTube channel? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I, I'll send you, I'll send you guys both the link um, later, but like, Jesus, man, I was like, we need to film this just so I feel like it, this pain can be documented because I know this is going to be awful. And well, it definitely was. It, it, see, I've always, I feel like I'm always like that type of thing. Like, I feel like I'd be willing to do that. Like, cause I'm just curious, like to see how hot it is. And, um, I mean, I did the hot, pe hot pepper karaoke on Nigel's channel. Oh yeah. So cruel comedy. And I did two, I did two videos, two songs. And Jiffy, two peppers. It, I ate like six or seven. Oh my God. <laughs> um, because so the first song I ate one and started singing and it was like nothing. Like I, I was like, Oh man, I'm a fucking badass. Like, and they were so they were habanero peppers Ooh. and i'm like habaneros don't do shit to me i'm like and so i was like i was like showing off i was like give me another one like halfway through the song <laughs> and then like still nothing and then like nigel like handed me another one and i was like you know like a third one i was like Pff. and i finished i finished the song and i'm like yeah like i those weren't even hot <laughs> and then um like nigel and frank ate them and they had done it before, and they, like, they, like, really struggled. And they ate them, and they were like, yeah, these are, they were, like, duds. They were complete duds. Oh, wow. So, I think Frank left, went to, like, a Mexican store, like, and uh, got different, like, a different batch. I ate one. It did another song, and this one was not a dud. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really hot, and then, like, I don't know why he's never done this to anybody else, but like he kept handing me more of them. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause before he was like, yeah, duds, here you go. These are not duds. Eat yeah. them up. And so I was like, well, I can't, can't be a bitch. I gotta like, <laughs> especially with that camera. Can't, can't back down this challenge. Like you can see his hand handing it to me in the video. So I can't remember if I ate two of those during that song or three of those, but uh, yeah, that was that was a mistake. It and oh. it hurt more going the other way than. <laughs> Dude, so okay, two things about this chip. So I was dying, dying, and you can see it on the video. Like I am, I'm very much in pain, and I. I started sweating, like just sweating, sweating. And, and just out of instinct, I like went to go wipe sweat out of my eyes. Oh God. Yep. And then I was like, well, that was a mistake because now my eyes are burning as well. And I could like, couldn't open my eyes and my ears are burning and my mouth. And, and I literally, like you see me grabbing like, uh, uh, paper towels and I'm like trying to wipe it off my tongue. <laughs> like, this is so bad. Oh my god. Did you guys have and, milk handy? Yeah, yeah. So they went to there's a seven eleven right next to our work now. So like they, they had gone to grab milks and I was like I had said at the beginning, I was like, I'm not gonna thankfully I didn't say it on camera because then I'd have to mm -hmm. I'd, I'd be a 
even worse shape, but I guess it's documented now. But I said to them before, I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna drink any milk. I'm gonna just, just take it and just no, no chaser. So we do it, and like halfway through, I'm just like, yeah, fuck it, give me the milk, give me the milk, and I just like, like chug somebody's milk, and I was like losing it, and oh god, there's one of the guys that I work with, he he ate it, and he just didn't react at all. He was just like, yeah, it was fine. He he's a psychopath. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it like, it like took almost like 45 minutes for like me to feel like normal again or like semi-normal. And, uh, and then when I, when I got home, I was like, Oh, like my stomach was killing me. And I was like, Jesus Christ. So like Nicole gave me some like chewable Tums mm-hmm. and Oh my God. Like as soon as those hit my stomach, I literally was like, I think I'm, I think I'm dying. Like it, it literally felt like it felt like somebody was like punching me in the stomach, like repeatedly. And I like, I couldn't breathe. I started sweating again. And I was like, I think I was like, something is wrong. I think, I think I might've like my stomach might've like exploded or something. Like it was just like such like bad pain. And I can imagine it was like the, whatever is in the Tums, like kind of just like coating my stomach and like mixing with whatever bullshit was in there already from this shit. And it was yeah. just like, oh, dude, it was the worst. And then just like, yeah, like you said, coming out the 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 other end later, like it just for for one, it was like just even to like today, like it's Sunday, it was two days removed, and it's like I still have like bad stomach pains, and like, and I'm like, holy shit, dude, like I'm I was like I'm never, never doing this again. <laughs> and, and anybody that asks or like is saying, oh, I would do that, I'm just like, don't do it, like. <laughs> Please, like, please don't do it. Like, I'm just okay. telling people now. All right. See, I think what it, what what it probably is, it's like, it's probably not. It's probably better to just eat like a, a ghost pepper. Oh yeah. It wouldn't be as bad. There's something. I mean, it's. I'm assuming it was like you know it was like dust like a, like a Dorito has on it. Kinda. There uh, must be something about like that concentrated chip dust yeah because it's like and it's like it's probably like artificially made too yeah and the chip tasted like shit i was like oh, oh like, I'm sure. immediately i was like oh this chip is so gross and it was huge it was a big ass chip i was like come on why you gotta do this to me yeah i feel like they're yeah i think i, I feel like with like the preservatives too like the preservatives and the spice and the, the concentrated that's like i don't know but okay, maybe I won't ever do it then. I'll just <laughs> stick to the, the raw habaneros. If you do it, you got to do it on camera. That's the only way it's worth oh, doing. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> but man, but yeah, that chip was so fucking hot. But you know what else has been really hot? These goddamn Chicago White Sox. Oh, great. Great sec. <laughs> <laughs> um, dude, how, like, so, like, you and I, like, we, we've, we've both been, like, White Sox fans for our entire lives and stuff. And uh, you talked about how a couple years ago is when you started really getting more deeper into it, right? Yeah. And, and kind of the same for me. I mean, like, I was, like, I was, I followed it really closely when I was, like, younger and then, like, in high school and stuff. Um, uh, obviously, the 2005 run was, was, it was hard to not follow that. Um, but then like with me, like getting involved with like more 
with wrestling stuff and just not really having a lot of time to, you know, follow anything anymore. And plus the, they were kind of garbage. <laughs> right. It's been, it's been fun now to kind of like have a team that like is good and like you're proud to like watch them and, and just not get aggravated. Well, he still get aggravated, but just like sure. not as aggravated anymore. There's, there's like the aggravation has balanced out or you can't get too mad because there's enough going right. And yeah, and like, you, yeah, like my path to Sox fandom is kind of interesting because I, like, when I was younger, like junior high and younger, I really didn't care much about sports at all. Um, Mm -hmm. I was much more just interested in video games and movies and stuff. It wasn't until high school that I got, started getting into sports and it was largely the 2005 World Series that was my freshman year of high school. Um, and then the 2006 Bears season where they went to the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. That was, a, what, that was a great time. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was. And it was, the you know, and it's like I'm 13, 14 years old. Like, it's the most, like, usually that's, like, when the most, somebody has, like, the most passion for sports, you know. And what's funny is, like, the Bears, I was way more into the Bears. Like, after the 2005 World Series, I didn't really keep up with watching the Sox. Um, but after that bear series, I became like from 2006 on, I was a diehard bears fan and like have seen most games. I won't say I haven't missed a game because those John Fox years, <laughs> those were hard. Our trust fan and John Fox. But, uh, yeah. So then with baseball, I kind of like went in and out, like got really in, you know, was really into uh, 2008. That was the before last year. That was the last time they went in, went made the playoffs. And then, and then that year, I, you know, after that year, I did try to get into it, but like they sucked. So I'd like watch for half the season and then give up. And that was kind of how it went. And then, yeah, as an adult, I got, you know, it, there was Chris Sale and Jose Quintana and Jose Abreu, like, so there was that era, um, and so that got me, like, more interested in the team, um, and then, yeah, once they traded Chris Sale, and I saw what they were doing in 2016, um, and, like, they started building the farm system, that's when something, like, something about, you know, like, you you think about Cubs fans, and, like, Cubs fans are, right now, like, are, are super pissed, and it's, like, they're driving away like from the team. And it, for me, it had the opposite effect. And I think a lot of Sox fans did too, where um, when they traded Chris Sale and they got uh, Moncada and Kopech, it was like, okay, this, and like this, this could turn into something. And that whole year was, you know, the record was awful, but I had so much fun, like checking every day, like to see like the trade rumors. It's like, okay, where's Quintana going to go? Where's, I remember Melky Cabrera was on the team. They were trading him. And oh, like, yeah. All these guys, like, okay, let's get, let's just clean house. And, uh, yeah, and then since then, like, following them and following the farm system and, like, I would check, like, the box scores of the farm system, like, every day. <laughs> and oh, yeah. Just, like, learning about, like, the the different stats and the advanced metrics and stuff, like, the last five years, I'd say I've just like really, really fallen in love with the game of baseball, 
and the White Sox even deeper. So this this year is kind of something I've never experienced before as a Sox fan. Like you said, there was 2005, but I really wasn't like following the season from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of jumped in um, at tw- at the end of the season when they were clinching and then watched all the playoffs. And then 2008, I followed from the beginning. But you know, all these players, like I followed their like minor league careers, like from the entirety, you know, and yeah, so this is like something I really haven't experienced and it, it's pretty fucking awesome. Dude, yeah, and, and you said like how you spent a lot of time following the farm stuff and and watching these guys kind of develop and, and come up and, and debut in the majors and, and do well there. Uh, I always tell like I'm, I always tell the people at, like at work and stuff like I'm always talking about you know the Bears or, or the Sox and stuff and none of them are really like sports fans but they they understand wrestling stuff so I'm always yeah. just like I'm always like yeah it's like these are like the guys on the indies and you know they're working hard they're they're paying their dues and then they get called up to the majors like getting mm-hmm. called into like WWE or AEW and then they're killing it and I was like that's that's kind of like the 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 way that I would compare it to. And it's fun. It's fun. And you, you kind of like when you have these guys on the Indies uh, that you're like, Oh, like, this is my guy, you know, I yeah. love this guy. And then you see him get called up to like the, the main roster and stuff. And then it's cool. And then everybody else is like, Oh shit, this guy's really good. And you're like, yeah, you know, I've been following this guy for years. Like <laughs> yeah, I know, he's I know. great. And, and you just kind of feel, you feel proud, you know, to a, yeah, like say sure. that you've, you've seen this guy develop all the way from the beginning and, and you're proud to see him continue his success uh, as he moves on. And yeah. And it just, it just helps you build so much of a more, more of a connection to the team, you know? Yeah. And like, Jake, like, like the Jake Berger story. Like I remember when they drafted him, they drafted him in like 2017 or 2018 or something. And I remember that. And I was like, okay, cool. Now like another guy to keep my eye on. And then he tore his Achilles twice. Twice. Like, okay. Well, not going to see him for like five years. And then, so like this year for like him to have like, do what he's doing. It's like, that's, that's an amazing story that like I got to like experience, you know? Yeah. Yeah. you you, you know, like the, the, the struggle that he's gone through and like a lot of, like, it's never guaranteed for anybody to ever make it up to the majors, especially if they're like, you know, get, they get injured. Um, let alone like a, an Achilles like that. That's a, that's a career ending injury for most people. And, uh, for him to do it twice and then get called up to the majors and play pretty damn well. Like I'm excited to see, I hopefully he, he's back. I'm sure in the, in the next couple of years, I'm sure he'll be up in the majors yeah, uh, you know, full time. I, I think that um, he's good depth for the Sox, but I also could see if he continues to play well, I could also see him um, potentially as a bargaining chip. Oh, yeah. For the Sox, which I wouldn't even be that upset about, like, because if he has a chance to go to another team that wants to s- play him every day, like... He's he doesn't really have that opportunity with the Sox, so which is a good was, problem to have for of, us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was kind of um, bracing myself for him and Gavin Sheets to get traded uh, this this deadline, but I'm kind of glad they didn't. Yeah, I kept seeing stuff that like they were that people were like 
wanting sheets and they were just saying he's off limits like him and him and Kopech off limits that surprises me I see I saw Kopech and Vaughn were off limits which makes sense but sheets surprises me that he they would have him as off limits but yeah. I would have as a fan I would have been okay tr- trading sheets if they got something depending on what they got in return did you see uh today they placed, uh, I think they placed Leary Garcia on the injured reserve for, like, concussion protocol. No. Oh, was that from when he ran into the wall? The yeah. Games? That's pretty Jesus nuts. Christ. Dude, let's, well, okay, let's talk about, yeah, okay, let's talk about this Field of Dreams game, because, holy shit, uh, easily the coolest baseball game I've ever watched. Like just everything about it, like the, the way it was just set up, like the, the pageantry of it, the, you know, it looked like, like a, like a run, almost like a rundown field in, in the middle of a cornfield, because I mean, it was in the middle of a cornfield, but it looked like an old field, like in the, from the 1900s and all the players wearing their like throwback uniforms. Like mm-hmm. it was a such a stands, like some, like on the on the infield, like no seats in the outfield or anything. Really intimate, like a really intimate setting for for probably. Like I was laughing, like uh, telling Nicole about it, and I'm just like, yeah, like this is just like she's like I've never seen the movie, and I'm like, well, it's like you know, it's a big baseball movie, and anybody who you know is a big fan of baseball or like probably most baseball players, like this is probably their favorite movie, or just like they nerd out over it, like this is. This is a big deal for all these, a lot of these guys, and and I laughed at the the they kept showing the the stands, and it was just mostly like old white dudes just kind of yeah. like sitting there, like this is the only ones who could afford the tickets to this game. But I know, but it's like it, it, I always tell people like baseball is like the nerdiest sport because because of like the I feel like the 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 analytics of side of it is like very uh, is nerdy in a good way, not like bad yeah. nerdy, but. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like, especially with, with the tradition and stuff like that, you don't really see that that much in other sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like baseball very much loves to like, talk about their tradition and stuff like that. And, yeah. Like, yeah. There's a very like, romanticized element. Of yeah. That the other that like, I don't really see with football and basketball. Like, football, I mean, you know, football and basketball, like, people are extremely passionate about, but there's, yeah, the, like, the history of baseball, people are, like, get very romantic about, and, you know, just in general. But, man, like, I, I feel like with this game, like, it was fun, it was, it was fun to see, you know, kind of everybody, everybody pretty much did well, um, yeah. but, like, exactly. and I'm watching, yeah. <laughs> I'm watching. I'm watching the game at work, and I'm just like every like I'm just oh holy shit, another home run, another home run. And I'm like, this is fucking insane. Like, I uh, I wonder if they if they uh, brought the juiced ball back for this game. I wouldn't put it past MLB to do that. I feel like it's been a thing, just in general in baseball. Like I I was seeing something earlier. 
that said it was like after 78 games, the White Sox had hit 72 home runs, which ranked them 28th in the majors. Mm-hmm. But in the last 38 games, so since June 30th, the White Sox have hit 65 home runs, most in the majors. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Well, part of it is like, you know, I think the low home runs were partly Eloy and Robert were out. Yeah. Um, and then and then Jose Abreu had like kind of slumped, had some bad months. He had a bad June. Yeah. Um, Grandal like had a bad April, so like he didn't start getting hot. Grandal really didn't get start getting hot until June. So that's very interesting. I did not know that they. I know they were definitely hitting more home runs lately, but I didn't realize that it led that span. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's and it's fun. I mean, we were at that game where there was. I was like, this must be this has to be the most home runs I've ever witnessed live, like at a baseball game. It was yeah, there insane. was like seven or eight. That was that was pretty crazy. Yeah, that was the Subbies of all game. Yep. Yeah, I, I was telling my brother about that that. Because he was, I was texting him when, when we were watching the game. Because uh, he was watching it somewhere else, and he because and my brother, my brother's a big Cubs fan, so he doesn't really like follow the White Sox at all. And he's just like, yeah, I, he's like, I've I've been seeing you guys have been winning, and like you guys are pretty good. He's like, but he's like, damn, dude. He's and he's like, like commenting on all the different players, and and I told him about the the seventies ball game, and he was just like, oh shit. He's like, I didn't know you were at that game. Like that's insane. Like that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that was that was a his like I don't I think they said that's never happened in history like somebody hit their first three home runs of their career in the same game. Yeah, that's fucking that's it's crazy. crazy. Did you see yesterday some the pitcher from the Diamondbacks his first start in the majors he throws a no hitter. I did. Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> I love I love shit like uh, that. I know. No, I know, and that's what's that's what's great about baseball is like shit like that like you mean mercedes you know yeah and even if like you know even if he doesn't recover and like come back it's like hey at least he had that like that stretch in that moment build him a statue yeah (laughs) and uh yeah but back back to the field of dreams game i don't i don't want to get too far off of that because oh no please we we went we kind of went off on a tangent which I expect we will. So, yeah, it it was it was a very cool idea, and I was like, oh, that's I was like, that's a neat you know idea. Like it just it's a cool spectacle, and it's awesome that the Sox were the first team to you know, be in it. Obviously, they were the the featured team of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. I was like, oh, and it was supposed to happen last year, so I was really, I was looking forward to it, and I was disappointed that it it, it got canceled, and I was afraid that they were going to, like, pick new teams. Yeah. No. So, and I, I, you know, everybody's been saying this, but it really, it's like, okay, it's a, it's a game based on a movie, and the story of the game and everything that happened is, like, movie worthy. Like, for the, for that game to be so good and like to play out the way it did is like miraculous like 
if I was a more suspicious man, I might say it was a work. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I always think that sometimes, like the way things play out like that, and a lot of a lot of a lot of big time games, like Super Bowl endings, World Series endings. This this game, I would consider like a big time game. Like it it, it almost seems too perfect when things happen like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's just the way it goes. Like that's just the game. So, like, yeah, like, let's just let's just play this out. So, like, and 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 especially especially for Sox fans, like, for people who aren't Sox fans, it's different. But like, so the movie is about the Sox. That's the feature team. So it almost felt like, okay, the Sox were supposed to win that game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it felt it felt like they were the protagonists of the game. <laughs> Um, and it's on a national, you know, it was a national game. And for the first year they did it, you know, the Sox are this up and coming hot team, young, like they're having their first taste of success. It could, you know, they could have had that game in 2018 or 2019 when the Sox were still terrible. So the timing was perfect. It was even better for the Sox for it to be this year than it was last year. Yeah. Because they're better this year. So the timing was perfect. It's on a national stage. You know, the Sox don't get a lot of national airing. It was like the most viewed regular season game in like 16 years. I saw. Which is, which is wild. It was like almost, it was like 5.9 million viewers. Yeah. And then for it to be Tim Anderson to hit the walk-off, I think is very special. Because in my opinion, and this isn't, you know, this is, I think, a a common opinion. Tim Anderson is the face of the White Sox. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think this, I think that moment, like, propels his stardom. And obviously, like, he's, he's not a different player, but, like, in, in the national eye. I think people just are even artificially just because like people are going to remember that forever. Oh yeah. I think I've and, watched that clip like a thousand times at this point. Dude. And then like the people, pe- people like putting music to it. <laughs> it's like you want to cry. <laughs> it's dude, so it's perfect. so beautiful. It's I don't so know perfect. if you, I don't know if you had seen uh, I'm sure you have. It was going all over the place, but they were saying that like Tim Anderson became the 15th player to hit a walk off against the Yankees. And the yeah. first player to ever do that was Shoeless Joe Jackson yep. in 1919, the year that the Sox lost the World Series on purpose, which led yeah. to the movie of Field of Dreams. Right. Like right. you can't like write that shit. Baseball. Yeah, he's like the main guy in the movie. Yeah, it, it was it was just too perfect, and I'm so glad I didn't miss it. And it's like, uh, we, we were talking about this. It's like, I think it's top three, in the top three of my favorite White Sox moments that I've seen. Oh, oh 100%. It just I, was like, I, I was like, I can't even really, I was like, I'm just trying to think of like other, anything else that would be comparative. And I mean, me not having the best memory to begin with, but, you I know, mean, it's I think like Mark special. Burley's perfect game is up there and like, that's a game, but I'm, th- you know, like, 
the moment that's remembered is the the Dwayne Wise catch in the outfield. That was almost oh, yeah. a home run. Yeah. Like, that specific moment, I wa- like I watched that happen live, and it was an insane thing to watch. Like, um, like those two moments. If I'm boiling it down to like a moment, like the blackout game is like a very memorable game and a very memorable but there's not like a single moment from the game that yeah um other than it was one to nothing they won one to nothing on a jim tommy homer so i guess it would be the jim tommy homer that i remember but yeah it it was just too perfect so thanks dude and i feel like i don't know like I, 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 it's very hard to not gas ourselves up about like this upcoming postseason because I'm just like, bro, they're playing so fucking good that like there's a very good chance that they could win, you know, win it all. Oh yeah. But like I, but I don't want to like get myself too like bought in on that idea in yeah. the event that it doesn't happen, and I'm just like, oh, like, but it's it's like it. When shit like that happens, like the the Tim Anderson walk off, I'm just like, fuck it, we're we're it's happening. That, like <laughs> that's one of those moments where it feels like like there's like it's that like supernatural feeling that like sports like the superstition where it's like mm-hmm. okay, it's meant to be. It's meant, like this team is just meant. It's just meant for this team to happen. Like it's, but. Yeah, I know what you mean about, like, getting jacked up for the postseason. And I'm very excited. But I I think because they're so far ahead and I'm just, like, waiting for the postseason, I'm getting uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's just there's – like, obviously I'm not uncomfortable. Like, they're going to make the playoffs. Like, none of the teams in the, in the division are going to catch the Sox. So – I just, I, I fear the worst. Like I, <laughs> I hope for the best and I'm definitely hopeful. And I think this team on when at full strength can compete with anyone and they absolutely can win, but there are, there is, they do have flaws. No team is perfect. And I do get, I get nervous. <laughs> There's certain things that make me uncomfortable and yeah. I didn't. I didn't think it would be Liam Hendricks, man. Like, yeah, he's been he's been so good all like most of the season. But like, I guess like I didn't even know like how many home runs he had been giving up. Like, it, yeah. they've been spread out enough. But I guess in the last couple you know games, it's been enough. <laughs> but yeah, he had three. He, had, he allowed three in the last two games. That's not okay. God damn. No. No, and you know. It, He's got time to figure it out. He's got a month and a half. And it's like, pitchers go through slumps just like hitters do. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's baseball. And that's what makes me scared about the postseason is like, it's so random. And like, you know, like Aaron Bummer. Like Aaron Bummer has been great the last two years. And then this year, he's really struggled. But his last, like, eight outings, he's been 
Excellent. And pretty good, yeah. So it seems like, okay, he got this, he's out of his slump now. And now he's pitching like the guy he used to be. So I feel like Hendricks is a great, excellent pitcher, and he'll be fine in the long run. He just needs to get out of this slump. But slumps can hit in the postseason. Mm-hmm. And that's what scares me. That like anybody's due for slumps. And, and a lot of our hitters have been uh, prone to slumps this year. Abreu has had really bad stretches. Moncada's going through a really, really bad stretch. Anderson's been pretty consistent, I think. Yeah. But um, even he has like, you know, there, there have been shorter-lived stretches um, that he's gone through. Um, so that's just my fear. And it's just like you just have to, like, throw your hands up and just be like, well, I hope they're just hot at the, in October, you know. And they have – I feel like they really haven't been very hot this lately, like since the All-Star break. I mean, they lost – they just lost a series to the Twins – they lost two series to the Royals. They lost a series to the Brewers. I mean, they swept the Cubs. That was great. But I really, really hope they win today so they, they like, they don't lose win to the a series. Game. Yeah. Um, Last night's game was, was rough. I thought, I thought for sure, like, when, when Abreu tied it up in the ninth, I was like, oh, shit. Like, here we go. And then, then here yeah. we go. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. And, and it was also frustrating, like, there were so many, the, the Sox had so many base runners that they left on. Yeah. They couldn't score. So, I just, yeah, I just hope that, you know, it looks like Eloy's getting hot. Robert has looked pretty good since he's come back. Um, I don't think he, he hasn't, I'm, I'm sure he's catching up a little bit, but I really hope Mankata figures gets to, I mean, now is an okay time to slump, because you've got a month and a half to go. Um, and we're up, then, like, 10 and games. Grandals and what? And then we're up, like, 10 games, so oh, they have 11. little wiggle room. Yeah. 11 now? And so, yeah, and then Grandal's going to be back. So, you know, the, the, the good thing is, is that the lineup is strong enough where one guy having a slump doesn't kill you. You just hope that they all don't. That's long. And the good, and then the 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 other so thing that like gives me comfort is the starting pitching. Mm-hmm. The starting pitching has been so good that like you potentially only need to score three runs in a playoff game to win. So yeah, we have, we have like a very elite starting rotation, probably one of the best, if not the best in the league. I think, right? I would say it's the best. And then, like, uh, if you're just looking at straight numbers, yeah, it's, it's the best. Um, Which is, uh, I mean, this is something that's that I didn't even realize. Like, so I was watching a um, like a, a mini, like a mini documentary on YouTube about the '05 uh, White Sox. Yeah, recently and. So when they went into the playoffs, and so as everyone may or may not know, they, they only lost one game the entire postseason that year. Uh, in the ALCS against the Angels, Ozzy only made one pitching change the entire series. 
I think I watched the same documentary. <laughs> and that is unbelievable. I did not realize that. That's insane. Like, I, yeah. like you never, ever, ever see that. Like, that ever. Insane. But I feel like that's something similar to, like, what we have now is like I feel like our our starters if they're hot like in in a, in the postseason hopefully they could potentially you know get complete games like that too. Yeah, yeah, it's all just gonna be like I think that okay, who how do you how would you manage the you're Tony Russa who starts game one of a series? Hmm. Because I have my answer. I know who I'm starting. I think... I don't know. I mean, maybe Giolito uh, to start, just because like, he's been kind of like wishy-washy. That like, if we lose the first game with him, like that's fine. But... Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> I, I mean, think I start Lynn. I start Lance Lynn. I go Lance Lynn, Rodon, Giolito. You would put Rodon second? I would I would probably put him third. Just okay. as like as like a as a closeout guy. To close out a series. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. I think see I I think take it as I think of it as like you got to be as aggressive as possible. So, like, yeah. they're going to put up their best guy. In Like, if they're going to, if the, your opponent's going to put up their best pitcher, I want to put up our best pitcher to try to win that game. You know, like, to not let any game go. That's fair, yeah. So, you got to win every game in the postseason. I, I think the way they've been um, pitching. I think Gilito's the third best guy, which is crazy to say, and that just goes to show how good the pitching tap has been. I think Rodon and Lynn have been, uh, up, like, pretty on par. Like, e- either one of them could be, you could say, is the best pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, Rodon has been more, uh, like, just overpowering and, like, filthy with his type of pitching. And then Lynn is just, like, so consistent and like attacks the zone and with like command but lynn i i pick i put lynn in over rodan because lynn has been in the league for like 11 years or something and he just has the experience yeah where you know the moment's not going to be too big for him and he has the attitude like you know he's got an attitude so I, I think, like, with Rodon, I'd be a little worried about, like, the moment getting to him. Um, that hasn't been the case this, so far this season. Like, he's pitched in some big moments. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I go I go Lynn, Rodon, Giolito, and then Cease. But I might only, I probably only let Cease go, like, three innings. Yeah. And then, I don't know, because that's like, how do you deal with Cope, or, uh, Keiko? Because. Dude, swap him and fucking I, Kopech. I almost think you don't even use Keiko at all. 
like maybe just like have him back there, you know. Have him come out as have him come out in relief. I don't know if he's ever done that. I don't know if I like that either. Maybe for like I don't know, maybe. But yeah, I think I start Cease in game four. Have him go three or four innings. I really just don't want him going. He should at max, so you should go twice through the order. And then he should not start a third time through the order. And then yeah, I think Kopech comes in, goes two to three innings. And then whatever combination you want after that. Bummer, Kimbrell, Hendricks. Yeah, now thankfully we're, we're pretty we're pretty deep now in yeah. in that bullpen. But damn, what uh, what what are some of your would you would say like some of your favorite moments from this season so far, from like the first half? Well, the field of dreams thing that was got to be number one. Um, Rodon's no hitter. Oh yeah. Um, and that's another one going back to like following a guy's career. It's like he it's a similar thing to Jake Berger where I thought Rodon was fucking done. Like. He got drafted. He, he was like the third overall pick in like 2015 or 2014 or something like that, and it's just like injured his the whole fucking time. Yeah. And when he was healthy, he looked good, and he looked like he had a lot of potential to be a great pitcher. And then I heard they, re, you know, and then in the off season they resigned him. They non-tendered him, and then they re-signed him to a one-year deal, and he was going to be, like, the fifth starter. And I was like, that's a joke. <laughs> like, that we're going into this season with Carlos Rodon. And, and I thought, I was like, so, like, I really thought, like, the, the, the um, pitching stat, the starting rotation wasn't going to be very good because Cease wasn't great last year, and Cease has taken a big step forward. So I was like, so Cease and Rodon are at the back of the bullpen, or at the back of the rotation. Like, that is not, I was not happy about that. But I was proven so wrong. And so, yeah, for Rodon to hit, get a throw a no-hitter, and I kind of thought it was, like, going to be like, oh, it was just a fluke thing where, you know, he had a good game. But, no, he's been, like, one of the best pitchers in all of baseball this year. So that's one. Um Gotta be that the seventy ball game where he hit the three home runs. Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, that was that fun. Was, that was even though they lost that game, it was the most fun I've ever had in a loss. And you know, it was Keiko pitching, so not worried about that. And then Kopech got lit up, but that's not characteristic of him, so I wasn't worried in the long run about that one. Um, oh, that was another thing too about that Field of Dreams game. That the fucking umpires, dude, like. That's why I don't totally blame Hendricks for those home runs because I felt like he wasn't getting anything in the zone there. And so he he was kind of like, all right, well, I guess I have to literally throw it down the middle for you to fucking call it a strike. Right. And they just took advantage. Yeah, exactly. Um, What was like? There was. uh, Oh, um, Gavin Sheets walk off. Yup. Against the Twins. That doubleheader, that was a great one. I don't know. What about you? 
any that I didn't mention? Um, not, uh, not necessarily a moment, but I guess, like, we were talking about your main Mercedes, like, mm-hmm. when he started, just, like, he was, like, eight for eight, like, his first, like, eight at-bats or some shit like that. Like, it was just, like, some unreal, like, run he started, and everyone was just like, yo, who the fuck is this guy? And he yeah. was, like, just lighting everybody up, and that was fun. And then just people, like, the Urminator, like, it just, he just kind of, like, took on this, like, whole persona and shit, and... Like, I I started following him on, like, Instagram, and he, like, posts the weirdest shit, and I'm like, dude, he might be my favorite baseball player now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was, that was fun. I, like, I I know, I saw, like, oh, like, the the Yerminator, and, like, some bar, like, created, like, the Yerminator burger. Oh, yeah. He was, like, being used on the marketing for the All-Star game, and I got really, I, like, I didn't call this, but I was just, like, we better, like, not get too excited about this guy like (laughs) i really was very hesitant about it because i just again like with the with the um the watching through the rebuild there have always been guys like that that like called up they're not you know touted prospects and they get called up and they play good for a month and you're like holy shit we found we found diamond in the rough and then they just like fall off a cliff like you remember do you remember Daniel Polka? Is that name? No. Yeah, it was a similar thing. He didn't, I mean, he didn't um, play as well as Yerman did in that April, but he like played pretty much a whole year just because it, it just had an opportunity. He like hit a lot of home runs. He did very well. And then the next year he was on the like this opening day roster and he like didn't get a hit for like a month. Really? He like went all for like sixty or something. Yeah, so, and then that was basically the end of his. He like got like sent down and hasn't been back up. He was he was no Jeff Blum. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, <laughs> I, I just knew I was like, oh man, I hope I hope this works out. I hope, that, and I I started to believe. I definitely started to believe at the end of it because he just seemed like just a naturally good hitter. Um. Uh, you know, maybe we'll see him again. I don't like. Why did they send him back down? Was he just because he he? I know he had gone into a slump and he was like oh for like twenty. It was worse than that though. It was. I mean, it was like a two month slump. Oof. Yeah. Like it was. They gave him a lot of time to figure it out, and he was just like not doing anything at the plate, and and then. The ultimate reason, like, the reason that, like, Tony La Russa said was that because he doesn't play a position. Yeah. He's a he's a DH only. And so, I forgot, it was somebody got hurt, and just because of all the injuries, they needed more, um, like, position versatility. So, a guy who can't play a position, they, they just needed people who could play positions. And he wasn't, I mean, he, I think he's, he is a catcher by position, yes, right? but I don't think he's, he's like. He's not that great. Yeah, I, like, you and I hate Zach Collins. I think he'd be even worse defensively than that. Yeah, I mean. That's at least, that's at least, like, I've never watched him play catcher. But that's what I hear, is that, like, he's just a really bad catcher. I mean, he's, 
I, like I was laughing. He posted like this video of him like taking a shower outside or some shit, but he was like shirtless. Yeah. He, he's a, he's just like this chubby like Hispanic dude who's just like is vibing and hitting home runs and stuff. But I was laughing so hard at the when he was like, "I'm retired, guys. I'm done." And then literally the next day, he's like, "I'm back." I know. <laughs> the, he he posted a picture of a phoenix. Yeah. That's like that his, was, his Instagram like picture now. It's just the Phoenix. That was so ridiculous. He's I a character. I kind of understand, like, you know, because he is a catcher, and then like he gets sent down, and then they call up Sebi Zavala when Grandal gets hurt. Like he was probably like, oh, okay, Grandal's hurt. Maybe I'll get called up again. So yeah. it was like right around that time that he announced his retirement. So. I've seen a lot of people, a lot of people like turned on him because of that. They're just like, fuck this guy. Like, and I get it. Like he's, it's a little drama, but like, I mean, we've all been there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I do understand. Um, yeah. Like it's, it, 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 it's not, it wasn't a great look for him. Um, it, it seemed kind of like selfish and immature. Yeah. But. And he's an older guy too. Yeah. Yeah. He's like 28. So. But I, I, I can imagine it, it, it must have been, it was like, he probably thought he made it, you know, like was in the minor leagues for like 10 years, probably thought he was like going to stick around. And then like, so quickly it was over so quickly, you know, so. and who's but to yeah, say he might not, be, he might not be back. Or he might be back. Who knows? I'm looking at his numbers. In April, he had a 415 batting average, 455 on base, and a slugging of 659. That's Jesus. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> and then in May, he dropped a lot. Like, this is definitely a below average month. So he was, his, his average was 221. Mm. On base, 292, slugging 326. And then in June, 159, 221, 190. Damn. So just so, drop off at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, you think this pitcher has kind of just figured him out? Like, or did they just could see he's like, oh, this guy's just swinging for the fences every time. So we'll just give him some some shit, some off-speed pitches. I think they figured him out. I think some of it was mental, too. I think probably he, like, got in a slump and then did it, couldn't figure out how to get out of it. And, yeah, that is it is a thing, like, the adjustments. And um, I don't know if you ever listened to the Sox Machine podcast, but they, uh, if you don't, I recommend it. That's, like, probably the best, like, deep analysis. They What's it called? Uh, Sox Machine. I'm going to subscribe right now. They do, like, the best, um, like, actual deep, like, uh, anal- analyzing. And they have a, they have a, a website, too. Um, they do, like, a recap podcast of every series. Um, and the guys on there were talking about, like, they were looking at his numbers. And, like, his numbers against fastballs over 95 were terrible. And so oh, it might have just speed. been a thing where he succeeded in the minors because guys down there don't throw as hard. And if you can't hit 
95-mile-an-hour fastballs in the major leagues, you're probably not going to stick. So, Well. <laughs> I think that, that played a part of it, too. Well, hopefully, I mean, I, I mean, I guess I'm not like all in on the Yerminator, but you know, you you want to see these guys succeed. You want to see oh, them for sure, because especially if they're in our, our our farm system, you definitely want to see these guys kind of pan out a little bit more. But it doesn't happen for everybody. Absolutely, and I think he's been good since he got sent down. Um, I saw some people having him on the. On the on our postseason roster. Well, what's the um? I don't. I know that like in September, the rosters are expanded. I don't know if the. I'm assuming they they stay expanded for the postseason. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I uh. I don't know how that works. All these unwritten rules. <laughs> that one's written. <laughs> that one's bare. That one's written down. So yeah, in in uh, in AAA since he got sent down, he's hitting two sixty seven, three oh seven, five eleven. So he's hitting pretty, pretty well, decent. and he's hit. I mean, he's his offensive numbers throughout his whole minor league career are very good. So. Um, well, to pivot a little bit. Yeah. Uh, did you uh, happen to watch the Bears preseason game yesterday? I didn't. I just can't. It's hard for me to get it up for a preseason game anymore. Even though Justin Fields was starting, I was like, well, I'll just watch his highlights. <laughs> Dude, it, it was it was a, a, sl- a little slow start for both, the, for both teams, I guess, really. Uh, but that's kind of what you come to expect for, for a preseason game. Yeah. But... I was talking about it with somebody else, and I was kind of just like, you know, like our defense looked pretty good. We we had two two takeaways. Um, Justin Fields looked pretty good. He started a little slow, uh, but once he came in off after his on his third drive, it was just like he drove downfield uh, just before the half uh, to get the field goal. But it was like it was awesome to see him kind of like reading the defense and just making these really good throws and finding the sidelines to like stop the clock, stop the clock, stop the clock. So I was like, man, that was like really fucking cool to see. And then uh, obviously his, his run into the end zone was great. And then that just wide open play action pass to, to Jesse James, which is a great, great fucking name. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's funny because like, Dalton did not look that great, um, and then Foles was Foles, but I mean it's it's exciting to see, you know, even even in just like, you know, two two quarters uh, of playing and stuff, you can you can see that Justin Fields is just legitimately a different level than than everybody else, like in, in their quarterback room, and it's very exciting right. to see. Like- he might not be the most polished yet, but he's got that that factor that the other guys don't. It's going to be exciting this year, I think. Uh, I, I I've said this I said this 
to all the guys at work. I literally said this once they drafted him, uh, but I will go on record here to say this. I think the Bears will win 10 games this year. I know that's a little bit of an ambitious thought, but I mean, we started pretty hot last year. Uh, I mean, we what? We, they went eight and eight last year with very subpar quarterback play. And, and you know, I feel like now we have uh, a healthier defense. We've got a better offensive line than I feel like we've had in years. Still not that great, but. Well, that's the only thing is, like, isn't like most of the offensive line injured right now? Yeah, like Tevin Jenkins hasn't even practiced yet. And um, I don't know uh, it. The what the hell? Who they just signed? Uh, what's his face? Um, the guy for that was the, from the Eagles. What's his name? Uh, hold on, let me look it up really quick. The lineman. Yeah. Is it a Fetty? Or was he? I Fetty was on the team last year. Was this like a um a free agent this year? Yeah. Oh shit! How can I find it now? Um, I don't know. But the guy, the guy they they signed him. He was with the Eagles, but I guess he's like a five-time Pro Bowler or some shit like that. Like that's good. That's good to see like them getting more depth at the offensive oh, line, especially like it's been such a an issue for so so long. And but I mean, it's good too. Like with with a quarterback like Fields that is mobile and stuff. Like you know, if the line can. Uh, doesn't hold and it collapses, like, he can get out of there and still make plays. Like, if anything, he's better at making plays that way. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was, um... Yeah, and, like, you could definitely build an offense around that. I just hope that... I just don't trust Matt Nagy anymore. Like... With the play calling, or...? Yeah, and, like, the... To develop, like that's the that's the thing that scares me the most, um, because especially like it seems like there've been quotes that like from Trubisky and Nick Foles, and Nick Foles is still on the team, but like I've heard some quotes from them that like seem pretty passive aggressive towards Matt Nagy. <laughs> Are you? Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, not no, not specifically. Like where, like. I don't know. I, it, to me, it just always seemed like with Trubisky, it was like Trubisky was good at that too, or like getting out of the, you know, getting out of the pocket and like making plays on his feet. He was better at that. And it seemed like Matt Nagy couldn't, wouldn't like design the offense around Mitch's strengths. Yeah. It felt like they were trying to fit Mitch into his, he was trying to fit Mitch into his offense. No, definitely. I think that was a, a a huge criticism last year specifically. Um, but I think like with Nagy kind of like it just you talk about how we were talking about earlier how things like just seem like they, they, they just fit and it seems like it was meant to be. Uh, they talk about how uh, Nagy Nagy's was close with the Ohio State uh, coach or somebody somebody that worked for Ohio State. And, you know, so he finally was able to, like, kind of not groom, but, like, see uh, the quarterback that he wanted to draft yeah. from the from the very beginning and kind of, like, they come from very like, uh, like-minded 
um, coaching staff. And okay. I, I think like that, that's just kind of stuff that I've been, that I've been hearing is that like he, you know, it, it's, it's easier to kind of like mold him to what he is presenting, I guess, as opposed to like Mitch, who was like, he was kind of just trying to like reteach him how to play, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. And I do think, it's like Justin Fields and Trubisky are not. It's 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 apples and oranges. Yeah, <laughs> they're completely different guys. So and like Justin Fields is clearly on another level than Trubisky was. Like different level of competition and in college and stuff. So yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know when do you think when do you think uh, Fields starts? Um. I've the most I've seen because I've seen so many different like people, like, people's opinions, people's takes and stuff. But a lot of people seem to to think that week four might be when he takes over. And that's I think that's against the Lions. But honest, honestly, like because everyone's like, you should just start week one, week one. And and I agree with with um, the well, the experts, but I agree with them when they say like, Putting him out there on a primetime game against the Rams defense is probably not the most ideal way to like start your career. <laughs> do you ever do you ever listen to um, ESP One Thousand on the radio? Um, not really, just because I I don't spend that much time in my car anymore because my my job is five minutes from my house. But okay, they um, there's the sh- the show I listen to because it's on my way home from work, is Waddle and Sylvie. It's Tom Waddle, former mm-hmm. player, and then... Uh, and they... what Like, I, I really agree with them. They keep, like, hammering this point where it's like... They should just... It's like, if Fields is ready to play week one, he should play week one. But if he's not, you, he, you just wait till he's ready to play. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Training cap is not that long. Like, he doesn't have that much time. You know, it's, it's not that much time to, like, figure out the offense, figure it all out. So, yeah, I don't really care about winning this season. I, like, this season, to me, is, like, more about making sure Justin Fields develops correctly. Yeah. So. No, absolutely. This is, like, this is, like, the... I, I kind of compare this to being like the White Sox last year where like they're yeah. like, OK, this is the first year they're going to be good, like good or, or decent. And like they played really, really well. But there was there was a lot of shit that they needed to fix still. Yeah. And, well. But uh, but yeah, that, that's that's kind of what I compare it to, I think. But I think also like if he plays as well as, as he, as he's supposed to, you know, then I think it might shock a lot of people and the bears, the bears could, that's why I'm saying, like, I think 10 games is very, uh, a reachable goal. I mean, it's, (laughs) I guess it might actually be a little bit harder because I think comparatively the, their schedule is the hardest in the league. Yeah, they I, they put out this this list and it was just like in like from top to bottom it was like who by like strength of schedule like who has the hardest to like the easiest. And the Bears were listed as having the hardest schedule this year. 
And they're also the only team that doesn't play consecutive home or away games. They're they're home and away every week. It's like it flip flops. Oh, weird. Yeah. So I don't know if that will how that will play into yeah. games as well, like with travel and stuff. I like I don't know how that works with them, but it's interesting. I don't think that's, you know, and this is the first, I, I don't think your um, assessment of 10 games is, uh, I don't know, I don't think that's, that, that's much of a long shot. I definitely think that's within reason. Um, and then this, they're, they're playing 17 games this year, right? Yeah. Fan of the schedule. So, I mean, that even makes it even more likely to win 10 games. You got an extra game to get there. So, yeah, I think, I think, um, I just hope the offensive line can get healthy. That's, yeah, no. to me, That's... is like the biggest, uh, the, the, the biggest negative so far that could hurt them. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. I have, you know, I haven't like been as focused on Bears offseason just because like the White Sox have taken so much of my focus. But yeah, once the season starts, especially like you know. Whatever happens in October happens, and then especially in November, it'll be all my focus will be on the Bears. God, it's it's so funny. Like I've been since, and especially since I've taken like a my I'm taking a break from wrestling and and just kind of like, you know, I was with Nicole. She was just like, well, you're gonna have to like find other hobbies and stuff to kind of like take you know take your time and and I I really kind of last last uh, winter fell like back in love with like college football and and i i in turn like was super like following every all the guys like with the in the heisman voting and then just like oh i want to see where these guys go in the draft and was i watched like hours and hours of like mock drafts and all this shit and like who like just seeing who the bears are going to do because like it was it was very uh very obvious that, that they were going to be drafting a quarterback like it was just like this is this is the move this is what's going to happen and it was like if they don't it was going to be like a high offensive lineman but just seeing all the different mock drafts and like scenarios of who like who the bears might draft and um you know the the guy that the guy from florida kyle trask who was like he put up like insane numbers last year uh he was actually like a favorite to get drafted by the bears and uh, it was just like, it was exciting to kind of see all that stuff go and then and then watching all the games and the college playoffs and stuff and, and you know, watching Justin Fields. And I was like, man, this kid's like really fucking good. And then seeing the, how the draft played out, I was like, holy shit, like this guy, like he was rated as like literally the second best quarterback in the draft. And for him to fall to number 11 is is unreal. Like then that's again, it's like shit like that. Like it you don't you can't write that stuff and like yeah. will he will he be the savior of the of our franchise like remains to be seen but i mean it's it's already like the most i mean you look you see how everybody is like you know this is the most hyped i've seen any but ever would be for like uh, the bears ever and and like I even know. if if he doesn't pan out like it's still good for for the the city it's still good for the team hopefully it's even better <laughs> yeah no it's just i remember it like you know, and I, I don't follow college football that much, so, like, when it comes time for the draft, I'm a little bit, like, clueless. I usually, like, wait to see who they draft and then see what everybody says about them. <laughs> so, I don't have, so, but, like, I just remember, like, 
when they drafted for Trubisky, everybody hated it. Oh, yeah. Everybody hated him and said, like, this is why are you drafting this guy? And, you know, just what people are saying about Justin Fields, it's like, okay, it seems like we got a legit, legit potential, you know, franchise quarterback here. So, dude, when they, yeah, when, I'm, I'm really excited. When they, it's like, and like you said, you compared it to the White Sox, and what's kind of fun is it's like, okay, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not expecting a Super Bowl this year. So I'm not going to stress out too much about wins and losses. I'm just going to hope Fields plays well. And that's oh, what absolutely. I'm going to be watching for. And so, like, that's what, like, the rebuilding years for the White Sox was kind of fun because, like, you didn't care about the win-loss. You were just watching for, like, how Tim Anderson and Moncada and Eloy played and stuff, you know, so. Yeah, this it's it's special. And, it, and, it, and when, when our time finally comes it'll it'll feel that much more special we've earned it especially as especially as the fans like we've earned it the most uh uh no but like you know i always see people who are like you know oh like i'm a like oh big Sox fan or big bears fan or whatever and then like when they're bad they're just like man they suck i'm not watching them and then just like they never like and then once they're good again, then they're just like, yeah, I'm like, I love this team. But it's like, like for me, like, you know, with the White Sox, I definitely kind of fell off a little bit. Yeah. But like with the Bears, like I've, I like, not, not that I've never missed a game as well, but like, I'm always, I'm always going to watch, like, no matter what, if they're bad, I'm, I'm watching them be bad and I'm going to be screaming at the TV. But like, I, you know, I just, I love watching football. So like, I'll watch it no matter what. Yeah. But I, it, it, I, I no, go ahead. Sorry. No, I just, I know what you mean. Uh, it's like, and, you know, you're talking about, like, Fairweather fans, or, like, bandwagon fans, and I don't, you know, some people, like, some hardcore fans, like, will tell, get mad that those fans are, like, cheering when they're good. I really don't care. It's like, if that's how you enjoy sports, I get it. Not everybody's going to be. Yeah. But it's like, man, you just, I feel like you appreciate it so much more when you're there through the good times and the bad. Oh, that yeah, that, that's that was basically what I was trying to get to was yeah. yeah, you just you you go through all the 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 pain and hardship but then like once once it's on the other side you're just like, man, like this is this is awesome. Yeah. Well, um is there anything else that you would like to uh to talk about? I think we're we're here. We're over an hour, almost an hour and 20 at this point. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like we, we covered covered everything I kind of thought about wanting to talk about. Um, we'll definitely do this again right uh, before the playoffs start, and we'll, we'll kind yeah, of preview, sure. preview the, the upcoming postseason because, I mean, as good as the Sox have been playing, I mean, the Padres, the Dodgers – the Astros, they've all been playing pretty good, too, and making me yeah. a little nervous. The Astros scare me. I hope the Sox don't have to play the Astros in, in the first series. I, don't know. I, I think that that might, like, I saw somebody was like, if this postseason starts today, this is what the brackets yeah, would be. And it, it was would. like, like, oh, Because I think great. the Rays are the one seed. The Rays are the one seed? Oh, yeah. 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 And I'm also afraid to to see the Rays as well. <laughs> hey, at least this, you know, 
I have at least I have confidence because the, the Sox beat two or three against the Rays. Yeah. So it's just like I wish they were playing a little bit better right now to possibly get home field advantage because their home record versus their away record. It's immaculate. Is big difference. Well, we shall they're going to have to win some games on the road in the postseason. So. Yeah. Um, well, before we head out of here, is there anything that you want to plug or promote or anything like that? The floor is yours, my friend. Um, yeah, just uh, listen to the 616 Entertainment Podcast. It is myself and Ian Shearer. Um, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Um, comes out every Wednesday. Um, we just talk about whatever pop culture things we're watching that re- watching or reading or playing that week. Um, funny stories from our lives. Um, and then also watch the Dancer Trilogy. Yes. YouTube, uh, YouTube.com/slash616entertainment. Dancer. Well, it's it's Dancer, Dancer Two, and Dancer Three. Dancer Three just came out. Um, like a month ago, they're like, I don't know, five to ten minutes each, so it's not much of a commitment. Um, it's, they've been called the uh, short films of the year, so. <laughs> they're great. They're great. You guys should definitely check them out. Um, well, thank you so much thank for you, doing this. Thanks I know we've, we've, I feel like we've, we've talked about recording for, so. I mean, I've been very inconsistent with putting out episodes, so that's. That's mostly on me, but hey, that's life. Hey, we're but here now. We're here now, and uh, I'm going to go watch the, the remainder of the Sox game. I think they're losing right now. They're losing 3-0. Oof. But, yeah. All right, dude. I will, uh, I will talk to you soon, then. All right, man. Thanks for having me again. Take care.